Welcome to the Bridgeway Community Church Sunday Sermon Podcast. To learn more about Bridgeway, visit our website at bridgeway.cc. To watch this and all of our sermons, visit our YouTube channel and be sure to subscribe while you're there. For sermon notes, click the link in the description. Today, we continue our series called Next Gen Faith, Emerging Leaders Speaking God's Word. Cody Michener, Bridgeway's Director of Student Ministries, will teach us how leadership is influence, and his teaching will inspire every man, woman, boy, and girl to lead where they are as followers of Christ. So sit back, relax, and enjoy today's sermon. Praise the Lord, Bridgeway. Hopefully you know the best leader of all, God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and we know that Jesus Christ is the best leader. He was a conduit to truly bring everything that we need uh, to us. And today we're going to talk about leadership. If you're just joining us, we're in the middle of a five-week series called Next Gen Faith. We've had young people speaking God's word to us over these weeks. We kicked it off with Will Eastham and then followed by Anthony Patton. Next week, Rachel Taylor is going to talk to us about listening, and then we're going to end the series with Kevin Turpin II, who's going to talk to us about legacy. You don't want to miss it. Today, Cody Michener is going to be bringing the word on leadership. Before I tell you a bit about Cody, let me remind you that the last service in Columbia in our tents was preached by Will Easton on love. And then the first Sunday into our auditorium after 20 months of not being in our Columbia location, Anthony Patton preached last week on leverage. But today, this Sunday, if you happen to be in the Columbia area at noon, it will be our first Sunday where we'll be able to see our brand new lobby with brand new bathrooms so you don't have to go to the bathroom out in the trailer. So you, if you're in the area, make it to the noon service in Columbia, Maryland, and it will be preached by Cody Michener. Now today, uh, Cody's going to not only talk to us about leadership, but he's going to bring all of his life and his heart and his story to today's stage. You got to understand something about Cody Michener. He's got a great legacy of a grandparent, a, a father, a mother, his grandparents, his, his father, his mother, people who have been in ministry for years. Guess what? Cody came to Bridgeway when he was three years old (laughs) back in 1998. So for many of you, Cody's been here longer than you, 24 years or something like that. He's 27 years old. He's going to bring the word. He grew up in our Bridge Kids ministry, our student ministry. He's traveled the world through our missions ministry to Kenya and to Peru and 10 trips to Mexico. He helped lead many of those. He served on our men's ministry leadership team. And during the COVID season, he hosted virtual small groups for young people where over 50 students would engage weekly. He also hosts a student ministries video podcast called Blow Your Mind Bible Stories. So you've got to check that out. Go to YouTube and check them out there. Over 17,000 views and counting. And so uh, you want to make sure you check in. Maybe he'll even talk a little bit about our youth uh, ministry because there may be some of you uh, teenagers who are saying, I need to get connected and I'm not quite sure. Well, again, check us out and we'll make sure to let you know how to get involved with that. 
He's married to Sydney Michener for two and a half years, and they serve together in student ministries. Lastly, I'll tell you that Cody cares deeply about living intentionally in every area of his life. And like his father, relationships are so very important. Pastor Dave Michener has been on this journey with me for so many years. Him and Donna and the rest of their family are just a part of the DNA at Bridgeway Community Church, and we love the Michener family. So would you put your hands together right there in your living room, in your car, in your bed, wherever you are, for Cody Michener. Come on up, Cody. Uh, hello, Bridgeway. It's so good to be with you here today. And I have the privilege of serving on staff here at Bridgeway as the director of student ministries, our middle and high school ministry. And I want to thank Pastor Anderson just for the, uh, the privilege of being able to speak with you all today. And here's a little outline of what's going to go down over the next 25 minutes or so. I'm going to share some personal experiences that have happened over the last 18 months. And a lot of those experiences were really hard and challenging. And there were conversations, prayers, and cries between me and God where he ultimately revealed a new kind of leadership I needed to live out. After we get the personal stuff out the way, I'm going to break down this kind of leadership and how we can all be that kind of leader. I think this leadership is something that we all need to display more of. But if I'm being honest with you, I'm a little bit nervous. Sure, nervous about public speaking and all that, but I can handle that. I'm a little nervous and uncomfortable about sharing with you, sharing with you today. I'm nervous I won't be received like I want to be received or I won't be able to communicate. I want to be vulnerable, but there's definitely a good amount of fear that comes with that. And when I've been reflecting on how I've been feeling, it made me think about leadership. And as you lead and as you influence people in the world around you, when's the last time that you felt a little bit of how I'm feeling right now? I think that if your leadership and influence is relaxing and fun and always comfortable, I think that you may be leaving some of your leadership potential on the table, and it may be time to spice things up a little bit. So what I want you to do is, if you're a leader, I want you to put in the chat box, in all caps, I'm a leader. If you're a leader, put in the chat box, I'm a leader. All right, I feel like everybody who's tuning in right now didn't put that in the chat box. So I want to clarify for you what leadership is. It's having influence over people, even if it's just one single person. So let's try this again. If you're a leader, I want you to put in the chat box in all caps, I am a leader. Now, I'm sure everybody still didn't do it, but I need you guys to know that every single one of you is a leader because every single one of you has influence over at least one human being. And I believe that every person has a call on their life to lead. And I want to talk about how you're supposed to lead even when you are struggling and going through it. I want to talk about some of the rough stuff I've been through over the last year and a half. Some of my deficits. Wow, this should be fun. <laughs> On August 16, 2020, my grandfather very suddenly passed away from COVID. 
As you can imagine, that was really hard. My grandfather and I were really close, and there's still times where I feel like I still haven't fully internalized that the last time I saw him will be the last time that I saw him, at least on earth, that is. His passing really hurt me. And when it happened, I thought, God, I'm struggling. How am I supposed to lead? Some of you guys have felt that way. You're struggling. How are you supposed to lead? And two months later after that, my oldest brother, who I was a caregiver for since he had severe autism, who was one of my absolute best friends, passed away. To say that his passing was sudden is a huge understatement. I was with him when he passed, and he took his last few breaths in my arms. The trauma of that morning and the pain of knowing that my oldest brother was gone was the most painful thing that I've ever experienced in my life. And it really put me in a deficit, and I cried out many things to God. Some of them I can't say from this stage. But one of them was, God, I'm struggling. How am I supposed to lead? Two weeks later, I was riding around town on my dream motorcycle, clearing my head, just having a casual ride, not doing anything crazy. And I must have been distracted for no more than three seconds, and before I knew it, I was plowing into the back right of a huge cargo van, and I went flying. Now, let me tell you real quick. In youth group, we like to play this icebreaker game called Would You Rather? And you give a prompt. Would you rather do this, or would you rather do that? And it's just a way to get to know one another a little bit more. And one of the, the, one of the prompts I'd like to give is, would you rather be able to breathe underwater, or would you rather be able to fly? And I always say, I would love to fly. But whenever I gave that answer, I wasn't thinking about an airborne ejection off of a motorcycle. It's all right. You can laugh. But that accident really hurt my body. It really sucked. But I had no broken bones and no long-lasting injuries, just bruising. Somehow I walked away. But it left me in a physical deficit, which put me in an emotional deficit. You know, when you feel bad physically, a lot of times then you feel bad emotionally. And I thought to God, I'm struggling. How am I supposed to lead? Over the next nine months, I had some painful relational issues with some people really close to me. And I'm not playing the blame game, I promise. But these issues that were brought on by other people outside of me, to me, were so painful did anybody else experience any kind of issues like that over this COVID season? Maybe with friends? Maybe with family? That definitely took the wind out of my sails and left me in a major deficit. And left me thinking, God, how am I supposed to lead? And just a little over two months ago, my dad and I were on a week-long 1,700-mile motorcycle adventure trip. It was the trip of a lifetime. And there was a whole group of, of riders, and it was just amazing. We ended up in North Carolina and in Tennessee and got to go on this world-famous uh, stretch of road called the Tale of the Dragon, 
where there's like 318 turns within 11 miles. People wait their entire life, motorcyclists wait their entire life to be able to go on this road, and we got the privilege of going on it. And it was really dangerous. But guess what? There were no issues, no accidents, no close calls, no real mechanical difficulties. And then about a week after we got back, my dad and I were on a casual afternoon, 11 a.m. Saturday ride. Relaxing, not doing anything crazy like we did on that trip. And we were just riding, and I was just going maybe 40, 45 miles an hour, and out of the corner of my eye, I see a deer coming. But it happened so quick, there was nothing I could do at that point except to just hold on. And I T-boned right into the side of the biggest deer I've ever seen in my life. Now, I don't know if it's the biggest deer I've ever seen because it actually was the biggest deer or if it's because I was so close to it. And you know, when you get in these kinds of accidents, you don't even, you're not even afraid. There's no time for fear. But I was thinking, dang, we out here crashing again? What? And instantly I felt pain in my entire body. But I was able to stand up right after the accident, get to safety to call 911. And you know, I... I'm a huge into protection, so I was wearing armor and all that kind of stuff. But I want to show you all the jacket I was wearing on the outside of my armor. This was the jacket. So while, while I was able to get up and walk away fine, you know, this accident was really bad. And after I hit that deer, I actually slid like 15 to 20 yards on the pavement. But guess what? No broken bones, not a single drop of blood. I never hit my head, never went unconscious, and I couldn't help but to think, wow, God must have some plans for me because of everything I've been going through in life, and I'm still here. And that's a lot of you as well. You know, the recovery was so painful, and it's still ongoing. But there's no long-term damage, so God is a protector but it was really painful. It was bad. And I know the first couple nights it took my wife, it took my wife's help. It would take about a half hour just for me to be able to lay down in bed. She'd have to lower me about a centimeter at a time because my, my ribs were so bruised and I was screaming. You know, I have a high physical pain tolerance, but I was screaming and, and I was crying. It was the greatest physical pain I've ever felt. And it put me in a really bad spot emotionally because I couldn't move and do the things that I love to do. And I cried out to God so many times, God, I'm struggling. How am I supposed to lead? And along this whole journey, I'm still a husband. I'm still an uncle. I'm still a son. I'm still a brother. I'm still a friend. I'm still the director of student ministries. I have a job. God, how am I supposed to lead? I know I'm a leader. But how am I supposed to do it? How? Who else has felt this way? I know I'm not alone. People have been going through it, especially in the last two years. You are not alone. I want us to all be open online for a second, and, and I want us to be able to be seen by one another. So if this is you, I want you to type in me in the chat box. I want you to type in me if you have ever experienced some form 
of overwhelming relational tension with anyone in your life in the last year and a half? Type in me. As you see other people typing in me, you'll see that you're not alone in this, that there's other people who have experienced this. I want you to type in me if you have experienced some form of overwhelming job tension, living situation, or money tension in the last year and a half. Look at all the people typing in me. I want you to type in me if you know someone who has passed away in the last year and a half. I want you to type in me if you've lost a grandparent in the last year and a half. I want you to type in me if you've lost a parent in the last year and a half. I want you to type in me if you've lost a spouse in the last year and a half. Mm. I want you to type in me if you've lost a child in the last year and a half. I want you to type in me if you've lost a sister in the last year and a half. And I want you to type in me if you've lost a brother in the last year and a half. I see you, and more importantly, God sees you. And despite all these things that have happened to us, everything that we're going through, we still have kids, siblings, parents, jobs, car payments, mortgages, grocery shopping, family gatherings, and upcoming holidays. The world continues despite what we are experiencing. And some of us are feeling like we're withering away, thinking, I'm struggling. How am I supposed to lead? But because I have breath in my lungs, I know that God has a purpose for my life. Part of that purpose is to lead people. If you're hearing my voice right now, you have breath in your lungs, life in your body. God has a calling on your life. You have a purpose. And a lot of people aren't here anymore, but you are. You need to lead well. But I get it, sometimes it's hard. But moments of weakness are opportunities to, for God to show Himself strong. How am I supposed to lead when my anxiety is bad, when I'm depressed? Or how am I supposed to lead when I just don't know what God wants me to do or where He wants me to go? Some of you are asking yourselves these questions. And what I've realized in the last year and a half, when in certain moments I haven't had the energy or capacity to lead in these big culturally traditional leadership ways. I've realized that sometimes the greatest leadership is not about what you are doing to influence others. It's about what you're being to influence others. You know, like Will talked about at the beginning of this Next Gen series, he talked about being a conduit, not a consumer. You know, the definition of conduit is a channel for transporting water. The leadership that I'm talking about is using your unique influence to show people who Jesus is. I call this conduit leadership. Conduit leadership is taking your position or your moment of influence and using it to reflect Jesus to others.
This is not leadership that requires you to be on stage, to lead companies or to have big teams that are under you, and you don't even need to have actual authority over anybody. You don't need a certain skill set or even a job title or even a job. This kind of leadership is about dialing in your own faith walk. It's about being in the presence of the Lord, having the Holy Spirit in you so we may be living, breathing reflections of who Jesus is. Conduit leadership is about being, not doing. It's about taking everything that God is doing in your life right now and channeling it out to other people. When we are conduit leaders, we have the chance to positively change someone's day, their life, or even bring them to Jesus, changing their eternal future. It's about being kind, loving, listening, and being present with people. When we're at work, when we're with our families, or when we're interacting with strangers in the Starbucks line, what if we could be a channel to convey the love and the message of Jesus Christ? I think that we could change the world, or at least we could change our own world, the one that we operate in and, ex and exist on a daily basis. When we're ordering food, when we're in an Uber, when we're at a, in a, at a retail store, these people are literally paid to listen and be attentive to what you are saying. So what are you saying? We have an opportunity to influence them. Sometimes we can even say Jesus' name if the opportunity presents itself that way. But sometimes it's just about loving people and being kind and let God connect the dots in their own hearts so they can realize later that maybe we're, we were that way because of Jesus. And even though I'm, hopefully, I'm personally coming out of this season of weakness and deficit, I realize that I still need to be a conduit leader. That you don't have to be weak to be a conduit. This kind of leadership, conduit leadership, can be present with and complement any other leadership style. So how do we do it? Here's the first thing we got to do. We got to tap in. Anthony Patton, who spoke last week in this Next Gen series, He's always talking about tapping in. And he even has a, a Bible study called Tap In Tuesdays. It's about getting into the Word. We need to be tapped into the Spirit. And I always think about this passage in John 7, 37-39. It says, On the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that point, the Spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. But since this passage, Jesus has died on the cross, and if we are believers, if we follow Jesus, and that Holy Spirit is in us, the, the rivers of living water is flowing within us. So what do we got to do? We got to get our, our drink on. Can I say that in church? We got to get our Holy Spirit drink on. We got to get tapped in. 
tapped into the Word, tapped into the Holy Spirit through being in prayer. I love this visual of living water flowing through us because water has such a strong force. And if we're tapped in, everything that we need to influence people is already in us. You just got to reach in and find it to ask for it. You can have that Holy Spirit confidence. Plus, you don't have to do something. You just have to be something. The 30-hour revival that we had a couple weeks ago really taught me that I need to be more in Christ and not necessarily be doing more for Christ. This last year and a half of being in a deficit from all my terrible experiences has taught me that I need to have more conduit leadership, not more action-oriented, culturally traditional leadership, especially in my day-to-day regular life. And sometimes the only and the best option for us is to be a conduit leader. A conduit leader is humble. They listen and intentionally exist in the same space as others. We got to tap in. We also need to be present. Be present. I love this passage in, in Luke 10, 38-42. It says, As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. And look, Jesus goes hard. This is what he said. He said, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed, only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. When Martha was doing, 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 being a good, traditional, regular leader, and that leadership, that kind of leadership is necessary, but it was Mary who sat with Jesus, showing us how conduit leadership works. In that moment, her power of presence was greater than Martha's power of doing. What if we were all conduit leaders in every moment of our lives? Being present allows you to be there for people, to be a conduit of who Jesus is. I'll tell you a quick story. So a couple of weeks ago, I was shopping in a giant grocery store, and I was coming out, and the parking lot's really congested there. And I heard uh, yelling, screaming, and almost like crying. And I'm like, oh, gosh, what am I going to see? Did somebody get hit? Surely something catastrophic has happened here. And I did some investigating. I was looking around, and I'm like, wait, so what's, what is happening? And I see there's a car that's kind of in the middle of the parking lot. He's not in a space. And apparently this one gentleman in, in the car barely touched another car as he was leaving. Barely even touched the car. I couldn't even really see the mark. They kept pointing because I asked them. They're like, it's right here. It's right here. I'm like, ah, that could be from, like, that could be from anything. I almost wanted to you know, lick my finger and try to get it off. That's how, that's how minimal it was. And the group of people whose car they hit just so happened to be a group of older white people. And the gentleman who barely touched their car was, a, was an African-American man. And 
they were going up to his car and screaming at him, you better not leave. We're calling the police. He's trying to get away. He's trying to get away. They kept yelling. And the guy was just sitting there. And he was like this. And I'm like, oh, they need to stop. They need to stop. Because if I was him, I, you know, I'd only be able to take so much before I retaliate either with my words or, or some, some other kind of way because of the, how bad they were just screaming at him and cussing at him. And it made me so uncomfortable. So I just went up to that, that guy's car and I said, hey, man, these white people are crazy. I don't, I don't know what their problem is, but are you okay if I just stand here for a minute? Can I just hang out? And he's like, yeah, sure, man. And we didn't really say much. We didn't really talk all that much. But as the group of aggressors would come up, I would be like, hey, he can't talk right now. And I was able to be a barrier between him and the, the other people. And nothing miraculous or incredible happened during that time, but my power of presence, the more I reflect on it, could have prevented further escalation. And the power of being present, and, and especially being present as a gracist, showing gracism, is so strong. We got to tap in, we got to be present, and we have to go first. Go first. I think about what Paul says in Colossians 4, 5 through 6. He says, Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. You can't wait around and see what other people do or how they start. We can't miss out on the opportunities that God may have for us, so we need to go first. All right, so since I'm the younger generation, I want to talk to those who self-identify as the older generation. Since this is the Next Gen series, I want to address this. All right, older generation, what we need from you is more conduit leadership. We appreciate and respect and are thankful for your decades of life experience. But we also need to know how you handle the challenges in your life right now. I know that in many vertical relationships, we think that vulnerability is not supposed to happen from the top down, that since we are younger and you are more knowledgeable that we are supposed to be vulnerable with you, open up, and we're supposed to go first, so then you may respond. But I think it would be a huge game changer if you set the example of vulnerability and went first with us. That's what I'm asking. What if you guys went first? We know that you're tapped in. We know that you can be present. Y'all are in the Word. We know it. You guys can be present, and we thank you for the time that you set out for us. But I'm respectfully asking the older generation to actually be vulnerable with us. Share some things with us that aren't from 20 years ago that you and God have since then tied in a nice neat bow. Don't tell me about how your marriage was saved 40 years ago. That's amazing, but that was a long time ago. Share with me how your wife drinks too much water 
past 8 p.m. and at 2 a.m. every single morning she wakes up to go to the bathroom and she hits every piece of furniture in the room and is knocking pictures off the wall and she goes to the bathroom and leaves the light on and it shines right in your face every single morning. Tell me, how do you deal with that now? I'm joking, but I'm, but I'm also not. How do you handle that? I'm sleepy. I'm tired. That's what we need more of. The more real you are with us, the more real we can be with you, helping close any gaps between our generation, between our generations. And if we can do that, then we can further the kingdom of God working together and we can be in community with one another. Plus, if you participated in the me, typing me in the chat box moment, if you participated in that, then you already modeled good and healthy vulnerability, so I thank you for that. All right, so my generation, the younger generation. What I just requested of the older generation, what they do with us, we need to do for the younger, younger generation, the the ones before us. We need to be bold and vulnerable and go first in how we lead them and do life with them. People my age... Are you bringing younger people along and doing life intimately with them? We need to go first because truthful conversations redeem people. We, the younger generation, my generation, we have to do that with the generation before us. I think that everyone needs to be a conduit leader. Everyone can do this. Conduit leadership is about taking your position or your moment of influence and using it to reflect Jesus. I shared with you all some moments of darkness where I personally discovered conduit leadership. But I want to reiterate that you don't have to be in darkness in order to be a conduit. But, but that, in, in darkness and weakness, but that is where you have the greatest opportunity to lean on and, and depend on God. But anybody can be a conduit leader at any time, out of their weakness or their strength. Don't be afraid to be vulnerable. Actually, being vulnerable is scary. So push through that fear and be vulnerable. Show your weakness It's okay, because it's in our weakness that grace comes to be magnified. And here's how we do it. we got to tap in to the Word and prayer and the Holy Spirit. We need to be present. Wherever you are, be there. And we need to go first in sharing in our actions and in our vulnerability. Tap in, be present, and go first. Bridgeway, go out there and be conduit leaders. Let me pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for the time that we can spend together looking at your word, and thank you for your protection over my life and the testimony that you've given me and so many other people. And I pray that We would all be conduit leaders reflecting what you have done in our lives, showing people the work 
even when it's unfinished, the work that you're doing in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen and amen. Thank you, Cody Mitchell. Well done. Thank you for that word. As you were writing this, you shared so, so many of your own personal stories. I know God's been developing you uh, as a conduit leader. As you've been leading our youth ministry and newly married and all the things that God has taken you through, uh, what do you think is one of the main things God is trying to teach you about conduit leadership? Even as we learn from you to tap in and and to be present and to go first, is there any other thing kind of right there at the surface that's, you know what, God's doing this in me as well? Yeah, when I think about the, the last two years, I just think about full dependency, that I have to have God. You know, I've been through hard things in my, in my past, in my upbringing, sure, just like everybody else has, but these last two years have been so hard that they've been so hard with God that I've thought if I didn't have God, I don't know what would happen. Yeah, yeah. And it's given me a heart for people who who don't have God in their life and who have been through these things that I've had. And I just want to take a second to say, like, it's impossible sometimes to experience this, these hard things with God. And I can't imagine how it feels to experience these things apart from God. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I want to say thank you on behalf of that young black man that was in that car when it felt like folk were really, uh, you know, being aggressive. And I know this, the idea of calling the police can be very, very scary uh, for an African-American male. But you stood in the gap to be truly a gracist. Um, was that instinctual for you? Did you have to think about it? Like, what made you step in and be bold in that moment? Yeah, some of that's just part of my, my DNA and who I am. But some of that's also being under your leadership, your, your pastoring, as you've been teaching gracism over the last decade or so, or, you know, a very long time, and having read your book, and he didn't pay me to say this, but <laughs> it's, a, it's a part of who I am because it's a part of who this church is. Yeah. It's a part of who my family is. And so that did just, it just came out. That's what next-gen faith really is. Yeah. And, you know, to see the faith of your uh, parents, your grandparents, and to now see you, I'm really proud of you. Thank you. And I'm so grateful for, for you. I'm grateful for your your family, and um, I'm really looking forward to seeing your kids one day. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm sure Sydney just heard me say that, but the whole idea of the fact that one day you're going to have kids. You were three years old when you came here, and I don't know what you would have been like. I'm sure you would have been God's man, regardless if you were in a multicultural environment or not, but if you guys are still in Ohio, and let's just say you were brought up with mainly white people, and you didn't have like all these uh, black, Asians, Hispanic people. My, my son is one of your buddies and stuff like that. I mean, all of us are just more rich because we have these relationships. I'll give you 30 seconds just to, uh, before I give some declarations from your message, just to talk about what's it like growing up with so many different colors yeah. of people. Yeah, uh, I can definitely say that life isn't boring. Life is never boring. <laughs> and being able to uh, experience other cultures and even kind of growing up in your house, uh, your Korean wife serving Korean food and, and, and teaching me about culture, it's just enhanced my human experience, yeah. which has enhanced my experience and my connection with God. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, you've enhanced all of our experience today. And if you've been blessed by uh, what Cody has taught, just put in, in the chat, 
I've been blessed. And take this message to be everything that God wants you to be. Are you ready for the declarations? I've got three of them, all right? And this is us at Bridgeway Community Church based on the word that was preached. Number one, Bridgeway will continue to be a church of love and care to those in our congregation and beyond when they experience loss, pain, and grief. What uh, Cody has experienced and his family have experienced while his great loss they experience so much love from this church, and it's not just them. There's so many of you who have experienced such great love. Tiffany uh, Carson Kennedy, uh, who lost her husband in the funeral was last week, she said to me, I've just experienced so much care and so much love. She leads our love in action ministry, and yet she's like, I've received so much love in action from Bridgeway. I think this may be a special mantle of grace that we have in our church to be compassionate and caring for people who go through such difficult loss. So let's turn that up uh, several notches because one day we're going to need it ourselves. The second declaration, Bridgeway will be a place where the older generation will be vulnerable with the younger generation and will be a place where younger people will take even younger people uh, along with them so that they grow in Christ. And then lastly, Bridgeway will be a place where conduit leaders will develop, deploy, and leverage their lives for the glory of God. Let's raise up another generation of conduit leaders. All this we declare in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thanks for listening to the Bridgeway Community Church Sunday Sermon Podcast. To learn more about Bridgeway, visit our website at bridgeway.cc. To watch all of our sermons, visit our YouTube channel and make sure you subscribe while you're there. If you'd like to download sermon notes, just click the link in the description. If you'd like to take part in our 30th anniversary challenge, go to bridgeway.cc 30. That's bridgeway.cc slash T-H-I-R-T-Y. Thanks again for listening and have a great week.